the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's are down. Turn us up. Your Twin Cities radio home for business and investing news. The Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. White House correspondent Greg Cluxon reports the U.S. is sending senior FBI and Homeland Security officials to Haiti in the aftermath of the president's execution there. The Haitian government has asked the U.S. for security and investigative assistance following this week's presidential assassination. We will be sending senior FBI and DHS officials to Port-au-Prince. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says the U.S. is sending $5 million to help Haitian police. She also says Haiti will begin receiving COVID-19 vaccines from the U.S. as soon as the coming week. Greg Clugston, The White House. Stocks were higher to end the week on a strong note Friday. The Dow gained 448 points, closing at 34,870. The Nasdaq picked up 142 points, 14,701. The S&P 500 tacked on 48, and oil was up $1.62 a barrel. This is SRN News. I should have done it sooner. That's a comment heard often from satisfied patients at INeedMoreHair.com. Dennis Prager here. If you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss, go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what they're doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. You'll be under the care of some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in the country. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including notable Hollywood personalities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in writing and their prices are the best in the business. If you have hair loss, don't put this off another day. Contact INeedMoreHair.com at their office in Egan for your free consultation. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at INeedMoreHair.com. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange doctor. Strange doctor. We finally made it to campus. Welcome back. Sun's trying to work its way out. It's already picked up a few degrees since we hopped in here. That's great. And I think as I've noted here on the show before, sometimes our air conditioner in this, in the old, uh, call them in the new wing of the old Stewart Hall here on the campus of St. Cloud State, um, uh, they have figured out the air conditioning. It is a actually very, almost a little cooler than needed uh 72 inside the uh 
inside the uh, School of Public Affairs Dean's Office here at, uh, at St. Cloud State. Uh, we thank you so much for being with us today. We spent the last hour, for the most part, talking about um, theories of inflation that uh, people have out there. There is a new blog I should point out. I will continue with this, this theme a while longer. There is a new blog uh, been put out by the uh, Council of Economic Advisors. I think this this looks like a Substack blog to me, and uh, good for them. Uh, put out by the Council of Economic Advisors, in which they try to make this very interesting uh, uh, argument about uh, what inflation does this one look like, and they identify six episodes. And I want to, I, I and I I think. I think this is a useful exercise. Episode one of inflation. This is all post-World War II. The first one is the one that happens right after World War II. Right? There's this huge rump inflation. Inflation touches 20% in, in 1946. Why? Because we remove price controls. We relax supply constraints. So, you know, and... and there's a, and then, of course, the fact that there's this huge pent-up demand from demobilization of, of the armed forces. Uh, so there's a run-up in inflation at that time. Uh, the second episode is the Korean War, uh, where inflation almost touches 10% in 1951. And then there's the expansion uh, during the Vietnam War in uh, the late 1960s. There are the oil shocks of, of the 1970s, which they combined together. There is uh, the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait and Operation Desert Storm in, 19, in 1991. And then the gas price shock of uh, early 2008, which tends to get pretty buried uh, in the stories of um, in the stories about the financial crisis in 2008. People tend to forget that at one point, point the price of a barrel of gas was up over $135 and then almost immediately cratered fell by two-thirds in the period right after that um, and and so they go through all of these uh, and 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 they say and they say and I think this is they believe that actually it's that 1946-1947 period that they believe is their best case. I think this is really interesting. This is not just some random academic economist. This is the federal. This is the federal government, the Biden administration's Council of Economic Advisors, trying to make their best case for what they think is the cause of inflation. Uh, so I'm just going to read. Uh, right, so, so the, the so they they write, and and doing this comparison, the period right after World War II potentially provides the most relevant case study, as the rapid post-war inflationary expo- episode was caught by the elimination of price controls, supply shortages, and pent-up demand. Okay, well. This is a case where, where if I was running the music, I would pick up Meatloaf's two out of three ain't bad. Because um, they got two out of three right. Do we have supply shortages? Sure. Do we have pent-up demand? You betcha. Price controls? Can you name a price control that actually happened during, during the Trump administration that matches up with what the types of price controls that happened during World War II where you had price controls and you had ration coupons for basics like uh, butter and sugar? So you grabbed onto this one because it looked like a good story and it sounds pretty good. But I might have... Um, uh, um, supplies were running lower. Supplies, so they write... Supplies were running lower, entirely exhausted during the war. Families had trouble buying car or household appliances because they were essentially unavailable. Yep, true. 
according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, by 1943, many durable goods, such as refrigerators and radios, were also dropped from the CPI as their stocks were exhausted. Well, now, wait a minute. If you do that, then you come back and tell me you've got inflation in 1945, 1946, and 1947. To what are you comparing those those refrigerators and radios uh, in 1946? Are you comparing to the ones that were built in 19... Oh, that's right. You didn't have any in 1943. So you're comparing the ones that might have been built pre-World War II, which I'll argue were not as good a refrigerator or a radio, because <laughs> particularly when it came to radio, we learned a lot about radios during World War II. The radios we had after World War II were much better radios than the radios we had beforehand. So you would have had a real bias in what was uh, in the CPI at that time. So anyway, they got a lot of differences here as well that are that are going on. That, um, uh, uh, but there is something to be said for the fact that the supply chain issues are out there. I'm going to actually, we're going to use this, I'm going to use this opportunity to tie to uh, uh, someone who is talking about the retail sector. His name is uh, Jan Kniffen. I hope I pronounced his name right. Um, Jan, was on, uh, Jan was on CNBC trying to talk about issues in the retail sector and why retail is going to do so well over the second half. And there are echoes of this particular story from the 1940s and what he says. We're going to take this a little bit carefully, so I want, Sean, for you to be on the pause button as we listen to this cut number four. I'm not too worried about the ocean shipping component of that. I think we're going to improve the container situation. We're going to have more boats coming out of mothballs. I believe that... Stop. There's issue one. There's a supply response. I have talked about the fact that container shipping has gone up dramatically. But as I frequently point out, and I did this, in fact, on another radio program here in St. Cloud earlier this week, you want these changes in prices that are happening right now because they cause the supply to change. If there's a huge increase in the price of oil, you're going to uncap a whole lot of those, uh, a lot of those uh, uh, fracking wells out in western North Dakota. We are not, 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 going to see much of a change um, in prices for oil, I believe, because I think the Saudis are quite worried about encouraging the reintroduction of of, uh, production here in the United States. As the price of shipping went up, we're going to see the cost of transportation on overseas shipping go down because there are lots of boats that got put into mothballs, uh, and they're just simply going to take them out, and we're going to see more boats there. Now, there is a choke point. That choke point's going to be um, getting enough space in the ports uh, to onload and offload uh, product. But uh, I'm, I'm hearing, and I can't, I, I, it's not in the form of a news story yet, but I'm, I'm understanding from people I talk to in the transportation sector and I know it because I have family in that business as long, along with Legion Hospitality. In the transportation business, um, there are additional ports being looked at to bring more goods for us from, uh, from uh, particularly along the Pacific, uh, Pacific Coast. Let's go back. Go ahead and start that again, please. Is going to start to ameliorate around back to school and into holiday. I don't think the problem, though, with domestic labor is going away. No retailer that I talk to right now can hire as many people as they want to hire, and they have to hire a lot for holiday. And we've got all the issues with domestic trucking. We just don't have enough drivers, and that's going to be expensive, too, to solve that problem. So is that a negative? Is that a negative? Yes. Wages still have to come up. And my story of the case, and we used to talk about this. I mean, it's in this paper that i got got to find a copy of this paper. This was written before we had... uh, we had desktop and, and laptop computers. We, we probably had, I think when we wrote this paper, I think it actually is on an old word processor that was specifically just a word processor, for those of you old enough to remember those. Um, we, uh, but 
this, in this paper we said wages could increase and pull money supply along with it. So you can have an increase in the money supply, but the money supply isn't necessarily the cause of it. This could be an increase in wages that is happening right now, and that increase in wages could continue well into the fall because there are lots of people who want to buy goods. There are lots of people who want to go to restaurants. There are lots of people who want to go on vacations. And it's not only the young people who work in restaurants and hotels and stores. It's also the drivers who bring the goods to the kitchens, to the stores to go out. Those still need to be found as well. And those prices, those those wages, that's the thing we're going to have to watch for is what's happening with those wages. Let's play out the rest of this clip. The gross margins, just like the supply chain issues have been a negative gross margin so far. Yes, they're negatives. But we're very thin on inventory. I'm telling you, if you want it for Christmas and you see it, you better buy it now because it'll be gone when you go to buy it and it won't get cheaper. What does that mean? That means really good gross margins for the retailers heading into back to school and right through holiday. That's going to offset anything we see in the supply chain and anything we see with domestic labor problems. However, we have to solve those because you can't sell the product without people to sell the product. We can't move to technology fast enough to solve those, at least in the short term. But I foresee sales being really good right through first half of 2022, at least. Probably should have had you stop one more time, Sean, but I told you I wouldn't, so I didn't want to interrupt that. There's a number, there's a, there's a number of points in there uh, that that need to be emphasized. One, say it again, in the long run, supply changes m- more to a change in price than it does in the short run. You can add workers in the short run by just at, you know increasing the the wage at which you pay them. I expect there to be fairly high wages. I expect that causes quite a bit of inflation. I expect corporate. I expect particularly in that retail sector. I think this analysis is right. I think all the problems for retail in the short run get solved just by paying more because they're going to be out. There, there's going to be the demand out there. I don't think you're going to see sales on goods and services, right? You know, sales at the stores. I don't think you're going to get great deals at the hotels. Um, I snapped up a cheap ticket to go to a wedding next month because I looked at it and said. That price isn't going to be there in a week or two. And in, in that change in thought is why I think inflation is here. It's not it's not got to do with the money supply. It's got to do with the 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 shortages are real and people have cash and therefore you're going to see people start to purchase before so have to purchase before prices go up, and that's where a wage price cycle can seriously happen. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to the Biz 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. People looking to buy a new fence in Minnesota are lucky. Lucky because unlike with other types of purchases, when it comes to buying a new fence, the choice has been made so darn easy. Only one company truly stands above the rest and has for a long, long time. Midwest Fence has not only been around far longer than anyone else and thus is far more experienced, they're the largest fence company in the state, which means Midwest Fence has the greatest variety of fence designs. You won't believe the seemingly endless styles you can choose from 
some these days. And Midwest Fence buys in such bulk, they can keep their prices lower than other companies. That's why if you're ready for a fence, you're just plain lucky. The legendary fence company that's been making people smile since Truman was president is but a phone call away and ready to stop out and deliver a free estimate. Your turn to smile, folks. Learn more at MidwestFence.com. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant Alex I'm Staff Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as Reserve Citizen Airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Listen to the King Banyan Show Saturday mornings at 9 here on the Biz 1440. It's the latest economic news, trade information, your monthly jobs report, and much more. Join us this Saturday morning live on the Biz 1440. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. To do you right, we take time for a barbecue flavor that will blow your mind. Get that Rack Shack attack. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, The Biz, 1440. Good for you to be here this morning. Uh, July day. We, uh, I thought I was getting a guest uh, today, but uh, it looks like we're going to have that guest next week. So we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll soldier on. Um, I didn't announce because I wasn't sure, and now I'm sure. So we can just... We can just move uh, move ourselves forward. Um, it does look like, by the way, uh, Ash Barty has uh, won Wimbledon. Uh, for those of you that care about tennis, if you do care about tennis, you probably haven't been listening to us. So what did you miss? Um, uh, congratulations to Ms. Barty, by the way. Um, the um, What did you miss? Well, what you missed was sort of the admission. Interest rates are going down, not up doesn't kind of really fit the standard story of of a monetary impulse causing higher inflationary expectations we haven't seen them yet i think there's a huge amount of money out there um we know that the government is putting out still 120 billion dollars a month in in this taper and we think that the taper is supposed to be coming to a conclusion soon, but we're not really sure where. We're hearing some statements that maybe it's going to end in um, it sort toward toward the end of the year. Let me play a couple cuts for you along that line. This is Jim O'Sullivan with uh, with uh, TD Securities. He was he was on CNBC on. Uh, on third on it's uh yeah on cnbc international uh, on uh overnight thursday night friday morning it had this to say cut number two please well of course three weeks ago they they sounded fairly upbeat the the dot plot with rate hikes uh, moved up for 2023 and they started to talk about the tapering process i mean i think relative to that maybe some people would have considered today a little more dovish than expected in that they barely started to talk about tapering um, I mean, it, it's clear they're still pretty optimistic, but there's enough uncertainty and they're being careful enough to avoid a taper tantrum again that they want to go very slowly. But the message is there that if the economy continues to improve, 
I mean, they will be tapering before too long, but not immediately. Our own guess is that they probably won't actually announce the start of the tapering till December. So we've got a good few months to go before that. And if, um, and if it's not till December, and you don't have to worry about the disruption in markets that that might cause, a rally in bond and stock prices would seem to be in the cards. I don't know that that's, that's wrong. I think here's what, what, we, what, what I see happening, you know, what, I, what I believe. This is from a uh, post uh, from uh, Steve Cachetti and uh, Kim uh, Shainholz, uh, both faculty at Ohio State, doing comments on uh, money banking and, uh, and financial markets. Um, they trace through, to, uh, trace through that, uh, that period that's been since the Fed's meeting that were described in the minutes uh, and, um, and, and have this to say. Um, what emerges from the public, this public dialogue, this is Cachetti and Shainholz, um, uh, consistent with the widening range of, of summary of economic projections, interest rate projections, is the kind of increased dispersion of views that we should expect in an episode marked by big fundamental shocks, large structural changes, and extraordinary supply-demand misalignments. Moreover, not only is inflation currently well above target, but employment is far below what policymakers believe is a sustainable maximum level. That's my emphasis on believe, not theirs. Against this background of enormous uncertainty, the lack of consensus is welcome. It's also unsurprising that, at least for now, inflation concerns and the case for advancing the timing of liftoff comes mostly from Federal Reserve Bank presidents more than board members. I should explain that comment a little bit. It's pretty well accepted among, uh, among people who research monetary policy that the presidents, the the presidents at the 12 Federal Reserves uh, around the country are, as a group, closer in view to ba- the bankers in their district and, and tend, therefore, to be a little more inclined to be inflationary hawks than those at the, bank, at the uh, Board of Governors themselves. The governors such as a such as a, a, a Brainerd or, or or Powell himself um, tend to be a little more on the dovish side when it comes to inflation. This has been true regardless of who's been in the chair, of who's been the governor. This is this is pretty pretty standard stuff. Um, but I think that's I think that's the point that people have to listen. Now I hope people don't necessarily listen to me and say and try to get investment advice per se, from me. Um, but I do hope that if you are listening to the show and if you are someone that participates in financial markets, that one of the things you can get from listening to this show is, a, is the ability to think clearly about the, the financial and economic markets as they exist right now and how they might impact you, how those markets might impact you, but I'm not going to tell you what to do about it. That, that's beyond what I know. But I can say this much, at this particular moment, I think the Fed is kind of all over the place. If you look at the dot plot for 2023, I think I used this metaphor with you a few times, it looks, it, the dots are kind of all over the place. It looks, like, it looks like the breakfast that your dog has that's all dry food, where you have a very excited dog, they stick their face in there, they, they stick their big nose into that, into that bowl, and the kibbles go flying all over the floor. That the, the dot plot looks like your dog's breakfast at this particular moment. And that, as Cachetti and Shainholz say, that's actually pretty normal. Um, I'll tweet. I'll, I don't think I've tweeted this particular piece to you, to you folks yet, so I'm going to do that for you uh, at the break. But but what I wanted to say before I go there is is this much: <clears throat> the this is this is a point, and and I people want the Federal Reserve to be predictable. This is why we like rules because it is at moments like this where the rule allows me to know. Okay, I'm in a storm, but at least I know one thing. I know that they've got this rule. If I'm in the, if I think about uh, sailing 
or being at sea, right? I'm in the middle of a storm. When do you most need the lighthouse? You need the lighthouse at, you know, when it's darkest out, when things are most uncertain. And the Fed, to me, has been kind of thrown away any of its, its policies. Indeed, um, you had a, you know, unlike the Fed, which is now adopted, you know, last August in what I think was not a very transparent way, this average inflation targeting regime that might actually be a good idea. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. But unlike that, it appears that the European Central Bank came out this week and said it was adopting uh, an average inflation target as well. Listen to this. This is just about 20 seconds. European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde uh, announcing their new policy, cut number seven. Yesterday, the Governing Council unanimously approved the ECB's new monetary policy strategy. The Governing Council considers that price stability is best maintained by aiming for a 2% inflation target over the medium term. It replaces the previous double-key formulation of below but close to 2%. So that actually in translation says says, we used to be of a mind that we wanted to be at 2% at the maximum, but we're comfortable being below 2%. We're not comfortable being above 2%. So they had an asymmetric structure. If I miss on the low side, yeah, it's okay. If I miss on the high side, that's not okay. Now, the Fed never had that. The Fed always had 2%. But, but, they said, in practice, it's acted like the same as the European Central Bank because we're never above 2%. We're always below 2%, and sometimes we're well below 2%. So what the Fed has said uh, is, we really, really, really want to be at 2%. And what the ECB has now said is, we're now more comfortable being above 2% than we were before. But how much that is, how does that play into practice? And to make those changes at a moment of significant uncertainty is why I kind of I, I do find myself being critical and talking repeatedly here on the show about monetary policy. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Well, you've got your diamond and you got your pretty clothes and the chauffeur drives your car you let everybody know but don't play with me cause you're playing with attention all taxpayers who owe back taxes to the irs or who have unfiled tax returns the IRS has recently launched tax relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers who are unable to pay their back taxes or who may have unfiled tax returns. Kick IRS is a full-service tax relief company that specializes in helping taxpayers resolve their tax problems once and for all. Qualifying for this program may stop all collections, reduce what you owe, and even save you thousands of dollars in the process. Call the experts at Kick IRS today to see if you qualify for one of these tax relief programs. They're A-rated by the Better Business Bureau, and their experts will conduct a free consultation over the phone to see if you qualify. If you or your business owes back taxes to the IRS or has years of unfiled tax returns, help is now available. For this free information, call Kick IRS at 800-755-4480. 800-755-4480. That's 800-755-4480. Fire threatens everything in its path. When it threatens our nation and our communities, we respond. We bring the fight to the front line. The Army National Guard stands ready to face the dangers of Mother Nature and protect our homes and our neighbors. We will always be there when your community needs us the most. Discover more about all the ways you can serve part-time in your community by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. 
Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. Want to enroll your child in Christian school this fall for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com is joined with area private schools to offer half-off tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Welcome back. King Daniel Show, The Biz, 1440. You know what? I don't want to go on anymore about this. Unless you call me, unless I see some more activity, I'm, I'm done talking about the Fed today. I still had a couple clips, but I'm actually going to leave them in the, I'm going to leave them in the, in the machine. I just, I'm done talking about it. <laughs> I'm just like, like you're becoming obsessed, buddy. Um. There are some other things that are worth talking about, and I actually I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to that. Of course, if you want to come back to it, that's fine. You can. You all you need to do is to reach out on Twitter using the hashtag #poundkbrs. You know I tend to respond to things I read on in the Twitter stream. Uh, if if I if I spot them, if you are in fact interested in, um, you know, and I I appreciate the comments on uh, on on cybersecurity and ransomware. Uh, not something that I typically spend a lot of time talking about. Um, it's not, but uh, but uh, I do think it makes some sense to at least let people know that um, there's a there's an under provision of security. How would we encourage businesses and you to do more of that? Um, because it looks like a pure investment, and it does you don't and it's sort of like buying flood insurance or something like that. Uh, you typically you don't know you need it until you really need it. Um, I just had some repairs done in my car, and uh, they did a whole lot of work. And uh, at the end, I said, "How much is how much?" And I was prepared to write this big check. Says your deductible is five hundred dollars. I'm like, that was all covered under that. It says, yeah, yeah, we took care of all of it. Just yeah, we just need five hundred dollars from you. I'm like. Okay. Um, you don't know you need it till you need it. Um, so uh, that was pretty neat. Anyway, uh, 651-289-4477. The other thing that I really wanted to talk about, though, is, is the, is the uh, yesterday uh, the Biden administration issue. has been issuing a bunch of executive orders. Uh, actually, I, this was, was this issued yesterday. I need to find it. Um, there it is. Um, yeah, I forgot to turn on this tab. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday. Executive order on promoting competition in the American economy. I'm going to tell you, I think I'm going to be, be a little more, a little more, uh, um, accepting of some of the things I see in here. You know, it's interesting to see that, uh, last night after I'd gone to bed, uh, uh, um, uh, again, Tyler Cowen at, at March of Revolution had a long post on his blog, his and Alex Tabarek's blog, uh, in support of a number of the items that are that are there. Um, uh, there are some statements that are, that are made in there. There are things that I like to see. So, for one thing, they they ask for a reduction in occupational licensing. Let me let me find the. Um, let me find the clip that I'm looking for. Um, 
while many op occupational licenses are critical for increasing wages for workers, especially workers of color, some overly restrictive occupational licensing requirements can impede workers' ability to find jobs and to move between states. Now, I am very pleased to see that. That's been, that's been something that we've talked about in this show. If you, you'd have to go back in the archives. By the way, do you know how to find the archives of the show? Do you? Just go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Make sure you're, you're going to need to join the VIP club. It, it's worth it, trust me. If not just for this, there are other things you can get from the VIP club as well. But one advantage you'd get is you could go back and dig around here. I've talked about occupational licensing for a long time. This is A lot of this is research from uh, uh, Professor Morris Kleiner at uh, University of Minnesota. He's done fabulous work showing the impact of occupational licensing in re- in causing poverty in particularly issues for uh, new for new Americans uh, uh, here uh, who are unable to get the licenses needed but licenses for things as as minimal as um, as uh, um, a hair braiding so I think I think that's fine but I thought but there are some pieces in here that I thought maybe you should talk about for a little bit one that i my first reaction was well, that doesn't sound bad and then as you think about it, like oh yeah i need to think harder about that why so one that that and and tyler got it right away he says contrary to the recommendation we should not ban non-compete agreements outright Many non this is Tyler. Many non compete agreements are perfectly normal institutions designed to protect corporate assets against IP theft, client lists, for existence. For instance, we should restrict non compete agreements in some more sophisticated manner, still to be determined. But that comment, still to be determined, makes me really worry. Right. What is what is when will we fix this? Because there are some non. I mean, there was a non-compete agreement apparently being offered by a fast food chain that kept their kids from quitting and going to another fast food chain. I can't imagine that they take much time to enforce it, but it was clearly put into the language in part to have some as a scare tactic. It's hard for me to believe that they would actually take a 17-year-old to court uh, for crossing the street from McDonald's to Burger King. I don't think it was. I don't think it was McDonald's with a non-compete. I don't, don't let me say that. But um, there are other pieces in this though that that are really interesting that that Tyler's ticked off. Lower prescription drug prices. Okay, I have heard people from both the Trump administration and the Biden administration support the idea that we would. We would uh, use, uh, we would encourage prescription drugs to come down from Canada to, to, to be here. Um, we, we need to be fairly careful our, in treating this because prescription drugs are quite simply life-changing. And they're fairly cheap. I have two prescription drugs that I take. I do not pay for either one. Why? My insurance company says as long as we're sure that you're taking it on a regular basis by because they keep track of when do you refill your orders. Okay, so as long as we can be reasonably sure that you're taking it and you've gone to do your checkups and and so forth. So one of them is is metformin, which I take for take for diabetes, even though I've beat my weight issue and my diabetes is well under control, I still take you know, uh, still take a dose of metformin every day as part part of my regimen. I haven't paid a penny for my metformin in years because my insurance provider says as long as you're on that drug, you're going to save us a bunch of money on some other things that you could have got sick on if you didn't keep your diabetes under control. So, <clears throat> you know, a penny prevention is worth a pound of cure. We will pay for your metformin. It's not clear that that would be be there, but there are other things that are that are in here that actually are good. Uh, one that I hadn't spotted, and I actually had to go back and read the uh, read the language of the executive order. When you have 
a bank account someplace and you have your credit history and is sort of embedded within that you as a customer do not have the rightness to take your information from your bank account your deposits your withdrawals your overdrafts so forth you don't have the right to take that and give it to some other bank to say here here's the kind of customer i could be for you what deal could you give me to get me to do my banking with you that's kind of dumb. Why couldn't we do that? That's actually in there. So yeah, I am. I am a hundred percent. You know, who loves? Who has two thumbs and loves competition? This guy. I love. I love competition. And so supporting some things that support competition. This has actually got a lot of some things that are pretty good. Um, and there's some things in here that are not very good. Um. And one thing that I saw that that relates to some of the other things we've talked about today, they're talking in this piece, there's a whole section on banking competition, that there's insufficient banking competition. And I looked, I read that, and I'm like, do you have any idea how few banks there are that you could choose from if you're in Canada? In Canada, I think the last number I remember is 93% of all bank depo- all household bank deposits in Canada are in seven banks. A similar number for the United States, if I was to pick the top seven U.S. banks that take customer deposits, is somewhere in the 30s. We have thousands of banks in this country. I actually made an argument during the during the great financial crisis that that winnowing out a couple thousand banks from our system might actually not be a bad idea. All right, for the most part, you know, someone said, "Well, what about those poor people going to have their deposits?" As Fred said, first of all, there's deposit insurance, and secondly, what happens is usually the FDIC shows up on Friday afternoon at the close of the bank banking time. And tells the bank that you now have a new owner because they've prearranged a merger of the bank that's failed with the bank that uh, is going to come in their place. So that Monday morning when the bank reopens, the same customers can walk back in. They'll notice there are different signs, but probably the same employees. And they'll receive a letter telling them your bank has merged with such and such a bank and its new name is this. But your accounts are just like they were before and uh, you... The only thing you might notice is when you uh, order your next set of checks, they might look a little different than the ones you got before. Wouldn't have been bad at all. Okay. Worrying about concentration in the banking industry? Come on. I don't think that's a real issue. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banging Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand. For each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Are you the principal or leader of a Christian or Catholic school? Would you like to fill the empty seats in your classrooms for no cash out of pocket? 
TwinCitiesTuitions.com would like to team up with you on our tuition program for first-year students. You'll be part of a marketing campaign to raise awareness about your school and gain new students for next year and beyond. Again, at no cash investment for your school. Get details by logging on to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream the Biz 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. The way you spend my money, I take you married to a bank. The high cost of love is getting higher every day. Well, if um, if operations manager John Berg is listening right now, that song will make him very happy, Sean. Yeah, we'll let that play a second longer. Well, apparently, you're listening to the King Bang Show on the Biz 1440. Apparently, the Biden administration thinks you don't have any money because they're trying to control prices for everything. In the report leading up to the issuance of this executive order, the Wall Street Journal reported that um, one of the areas in which it makes statements, and I won't, I'm not going to read the text of the executive order. Okay, it's dreadful. Uh, But a lot of, one of the focuses that it has is that, is that the administration is asking the Federal Maritime Commission and the Surface Transportation Board to combat what it calls a pattern of consolidation in aggressive pricing that has made it onerously expensive for American companies to transport goods to market. The administration says that the relatively small number of major players in the ocean shipping trade and in the United States freight rail business has enabled companies to charge unreasonable fees. I need to find someone to come on and talk about the Jones Act of 1920. I, I might actually try to reach out to, I, there is someone who, uh, who writes uh, for the dispatch, uh, uh, Sean Lincecum, who would be really great. I could use like a good 10, 15 minutes to explain why is it cost so much to ship between ports in the United States. The short answer being, of course, you have to use a U.S. built ship. That's been something that's been there for a century now. And it keeps your shipping costs up. But that, oh no, oh no, we could not possibly touch that. Um, there are there are the freight railroads out there. But here's here's my basic point, and it's what it, it, we've been saying again and again now for a couple of weeks. In a world where you have supply shocks, the likes of which we've had, the number one thing you can do to re- to pull. Um, to pull additional supply into the marketplace is to let prices rise. Just as uh, that clip from the uh, retail analyst uh, Jan Kniffen said, right? Fat margins out there. Those fat profit margins that we think retailers are going to, that he thinks retailers are going to make in the second half of 2021 is what's going to help push up wages, because they can't get the profits unless they pay for the inputs. If you keep the prices from rising in this area, you're just if the 
if the transportation sector doesn't respond, you're just taking profits that were going to to the shippers and you're giving it instead to, to the manufacturers. I don't know why you should prefer one to the other. But what's more likely to happen is the, the shippers will do one of two things. Either, either they're going to start finding another way to get uh, to get some revenue stream or some kind of benefit from you sending your goods with them, or there's sim- there's simply going to be a slowdown. There's they, you won't get those ships being pulled out of mothballs. You won't get those additional truck drivers being trained. You won't get those additional uh, tractors uh, being being pulled out of garages in uh, in terminals around the country, refurbished and got road ready again. You won't see any of that. Yeah, of course, there are no chips, so we can't make any new. We can't make any new tractors. Uh, 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 we can't make any new trucks. Yep, I get that. Guess what? There are a bunch of trucks out there that probably could be could be brought off the shelf in return for uh, in, in in return for a little bit of extra money. You want the price response. Because the price response is what induces the additional growth. It induces the reallocation of goods and services toward the places that are in demand right now. And the best way to do that, to sound like an old-fashioned economist, is to get the heck out of the way. Now, I'm grateful that this is just an executive order, and I mean those words, just an executive order. Because I don't believe, I don't believe that, in fact, um, I don't believe, in fact, that this order will do very much. It will not have much of a real effect. It's just the president saying to the various executive agencies, you guys are going to do what you do, but here's what I think, and it'd be really cool if you could do what I think. Um, I think there is some of that to it, but the the broader implication is this is a government that I think is hostile to competition, that is hostile to the market system and is signaling that if you end up making more money than it thinks you ought to make, it's willing to use its power to at minimum call you out, if not in fact to find ways to uh, punish you. And that is a, that is a bigger concern for me, then what's the cost to send a good from Shanghai to Los Angeles over the next six months? Want to thank you so much for listening today, Sean. Great, great work down there as well. Uh, we'll be back again next week with another episode of the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Thanks for listening. This is a Potter's Field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-8137. 800-323-8137. That's 800-323-8137. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. Well, I moved into the house in uh, the summer of 2018, and the siding was terrible. Hi, I'm Dave from Matamidai. I got a hold of JTR through friends. It almost looked like uh, a giraffe. There were dark stains where the water had saturated the old paint that was on it, but there were other things that needed addressing, and uh, there were a multitude of things from putting doors in and railings and and doing some electrical and things like that, all of which JTR gladly folded into the contract and took care of for me. 
it was an amazing transformation. In fact, my brother-in-law, who had visited before we had the siding done, when he came back about a month after it had been done, he stopped out in front of the house and called me and said, what's your address again? Because he couldn't believe the difference. Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. 